I started working. Uh, I started working the program of Alcoholics Anonymous again, the twelve-step program. But I also knew, and I realized that that just like every institution, just like the school system, just like the education system, just our government systems, every system has 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 their own faults, has their own deficiencies. And I knew that the program of recovery was not going to give me everything that I needed. Okay, I needed to do a lot of work on myself outside that program. Okay, I needed to realize that I was a broken little boy, that I was still operating at a ten-year-old mindset, at a broken mindset. I needed to elevate my emotional intelligence. I needed to get in touch with my feelings, and I literally went into Google and I typed in, "How do I become a better person?" And the first thing that popped up was. The Mind Valley platform. I don't know if you're familiar with、oh, Mind yeah, Valley. Oh yeah, definitely. Christina Lichiani, Christina Lichiani, and one of the first speakers that I saw was Michael Beckwith, and I started listening to him and his talks, and soon listening to calls and Jim Quick, and he went on and on and on, and I really, as an addict, as an addict, okay, I became addicted now to personal development, to learning, to growing. So it was a good addiction, right? Yeah, that's a good so, addiction. And, and, and I discover. How much I did not know. I discover how ignorant I was. I discover how broken I had been. I discover that I kept carrying my baggage with me and blaming it on everything else and all of the other circumstances. I discover that I needed to detach myself from that old belief system that I had, that I had carried on for many, many, many times. Okay, and just because. I learned some dysfunctional behaviors at home. I didn't have to carry them on into society. I realized that I had an obligation, okay, to make sure that my son, okay, as a parent, it's an obligation to my parents that couldn't do it. And I used to blame my parents for having thirteen children. Why didn't they have me? I only had one child. What was my excuse? You're listening to the Grind and Gratitude Show. I am Danny Stone, and I've dedicated my entire life to helping people win, win in their careers, win in their businesses, and win in their lives. This podcast is going to help you get on your grind and hustle to create the life that you love, and walk in gratitude along the journey. Each episode, I'll teach you tools and tactics, and bring you conversations with experts that will help you turn your passion into a thriving online business. Life isn't about wishing for something greater; it's about making it happen. There's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it. Welcome to the Grind and Gratitude Show. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much. If you're an avid listener, you know I got a lot of love for you. As you know, I am Coach Stone, also known as Danny Stone, and I always try to bring you really amazing guests that are going to help you to think about something different or do something different. And man, we're in for a treat today. With me, I have the one and only Peter O. Estevez. And、um, I, before we kind of get into this, I just want to say, Peter, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. I've been following you for. I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten months when I first heard you on Clubhouse. So thank you so much for being here. So Danny, thank you for thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me. Definitely. So let me let me just tell tell the audience a little bit about you. Peter Estevez was born in Mexico City, Mexico, and migrated to the United States at the age of ten years old. 
Peter's an entrepreneur and a partner in several companies in the energy, gas, and oil sectors in Mexico. Peter's also a philanthropist and an advocate for recovery and mental health. And um, I'm really looking forward to his upcoming book, From Lies to Riches. That's a really, really, really dope title. And uh, he's host of the top-rated Peter O. Estevez show. So thank you so much for being here, Peter. Danny, thank you for having me. Privileged to be here. Thanks. So, I mean, we, we have a lot to talk about, but you know, you're, you're a successful entrepreneur and philanthropist, and I know you're an advocate for mental health and recovery. Where do you get the drive to do all of these things? I'm seeing you on Clubhouse. I see you on social media everywhere. You're flying all over the world. And you're back and forth from the U.S. to Mexico. Like, where do you, where do you get this drive from? You know, Danny, I, as, you, as you stated, um, I migrated to the United States at the age of 10 years old. Um, you know, I come from very, very, very humble beginnings. We were not poor. We were poor, poor, poor. Uh, I often say that uh, we were so poor, I could not afford to, re uh, to, to dream. And that was a reality. You know, I am one of 13 children. I'm a middle child. Uh, grew up in a two-bedroom, one-bath home in San Antonio, Texas, less than 900 square feet. The boys, six boys uh, and myself, seven of us slept in the uh, living room in sleeping bags. The girls slept in the bed in, in, in the secondary bedroom in bunk beds and mom and dad in their own bedroom. That was that was that reality, you know. Um, but one thing I did learn from my parents, even though there was a lot of dysfunction in my home, even though there was a lot of poverty in my home, even, even, even though there was a lot of lack of uh, material uh, resources, my parents were very resourceful. I've always said that poor people, immigrants, African-Americans, Latinos, we are, are entrepreneurs by default. We have to figure it out. We have to make uh, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's the reality, okay? We have to make, uh, you know, we, 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 we have to make do. And my parents, you know, my father, I always had a side hustle. You know, we call it side hustle today. It was an odd job back then, but my father always had a side hustle. Today's sex, you have a side hustle. Back then, it was a necessity. It was a survival. It was a way to survive. And my parents were no stranger to that. You know, from a, from a booth at the flea market, from, you know, uh, a, a side job, whatever it was, my father was always doing something, you know, hustling scrap metal to sell. You know, when you had 13 children, you have a third, third grade education, okay? You have to be resourceful when there's no resources available to you. So I learned very early on that I needed to be creative. I needed to be innovative. I knew that I had, you know, uh, uh, early to bed, early to rise. You know, those are the kind of words that, we, that, that I heard at home and, 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 and they stuck with me. They stuck with me because I knew that I wanted to escape from where I come from. Not because I was ashamed, but because I knew there was better things out there waiting for me, not only for me, but for me to impact the world. That is amazing. And I love the way that you looked at your parents' resourcefulness, because sometimes people get bitter because of the way that they grew up. I grew up in sort of low-income housing, and, and a lot of people were just bitter about their situation. But I love the fact that you identified and recognized that your parents were really resourceful and entrepreneurial in that sense. And that's a really interesting way to look at that. Uh, thank you, Danny. But let me, let me, let me be clear or something. I was, I, I was not always, um, I didn't always look at it that way. 
me. There was a period of time that I was ashamed. All I wanted to do was to get out of there. Right. I had no appreciation for what my parents did. You know, okay. I was ashamed of where I came from. I was ashamed of the car, kind of car my father drove. I was ashamed at, at, at the fact that I saw my mother hours on end on her rocking chair praying. And I was so cynical many of times that I would say, what the fuck does she pray for? Our circumstances never change. The reality is, the reality is that my mother's dreams, my mother's prayers have been answered because look at my life and look at the things that I have been able to accomplish. But I was not able to see, I didn't have the emotional intelligence just to be able to understand that then. That has been a process of change, growth, evolution, and transformation that has allowed me not only to live in a state of gratitude for my parents, for my life, but for the things that I have in life. And to be able to see that everything they did, they can only give me what they have. Mm-hmm. So- I don't want to mislead your audience to think that I'm the same that I believed that way. No, I didn't. You know, I was cynical. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was a typical teenager that that hated my parents because of where I came from. And 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 but it was their drive and motivation. They gave me the skills to be able to know how to get out of where I came from in order to be able to be able to have something to offer. Right. I could offer my hustle. I could offer my uh, work ethic. I could offer my dedication. I could offer my grind. You know, I, I could offer my grit. I could offer my commitment. You know, those are the things that I learned from my father and my mother that I didn't know that I was learning. Okay. I learned that into adulthood because that's what I saw. I became a product of my environment. Mm-hmm. And at some point, what I chose to pick was the good things, the things that were beneficial to me and to the community and to the universe, and discard the negative things that I also inherited from my parents. And that at some point, I brought into adulthood. Now, that's a great lesson. I think we have to evolve. And sometimes when you're removed from a situation and you look back at it, you can see things from that situation that you couldn't see while you were going through it or while you were in it. So I think that's a really great point that you made. So, so you emigrated from Mexico to the United States at the age of what? Ten was it? Ten, ten years old. Yes. And so, when you when you when when you came to the United States, what was that transition like? Going from Mexico to the United States, what was that like for you? It, it, it was very difficult. You know, ten years old, you already have you already have developed. You know, by the age of five years old, we have already developed fifty percent of our belief systems, of our social conditioning, or who we are as a person. The other 50% it takes the rest of our lives. So, you know, I come in at the age of 10, I have already developed my culture. I was already acculturated to the country I was born in, to the customs, to the beliefs, to the systems, the language, the education, to everything. And I come into a new country where there's a lot of discrimination at that time, a lot worse than there is today. And, 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 you know, there was a lot of, I, I grew up in a military town where um, the Latino community had also experienced a lot of discrimination from the Caucasian community. So by default, they had become acculturated to the American culture and anything that didn't look American, they didn't Mm. want anything to do with it. They didn't want to speak Spanish. They don't want to look Spanish. They don't want to. So here I come, I became a wetback. I became, you know, uh, 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 an immigrant. I came, I, 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 so I was in limbo at some point in my life where I was no longer a Mexican, and I, but I was not an American. So I, I, you know, I had lost my identity. I was in limbo and I had to develop and carve a new identity. And thereby I went from 
Pedro to Peter. So I started making the little adjustments, you know, how innovative that is even as a kid, right? I didn't even realize this, but I, I, I knew that there were certain things that, that the kids at school uh, shown away from me from. So I started adapting to what pleased them. Okay. And I started acculturating myself to this new culture that I was brought to. But, you know, our house, we lived in a corner house, corner of Bangor and Hillcrest, and our house was graffiti many of times. Wetbacks go home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and you know what? And compared to my older siblings, my older siblings that were 16, 17 years old, I had it easy. I really had it easy because I was able to adopt very quickly. I was, I had a chameleon personality. I developed, I developed my father's uh, skills to be resourceful. So I was, you know, I, I started adapting. How do I fit in? How do I fit in? How do I become accepted? And I started doing those things. Unfortunately, some of my brothers, one of my brothers in particular was eventually murdered. Um, Sorry uh, to hear that. It's it's okay. Thank you. you. You know, eventually murdered. Then could not acculturate, could not make the transition as quickly and as fast as I did. And I can see that, uh, I, I can see that, uh, you know, in, 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 in my family, the olders are not as successful as the youngest one because they had a harder time adopting and changing any bubble. I think that's a great point. Because sometimes when we have you know, older siblings and, and we just don't understand, you know, especially you know, people of color, you know, uh, we, we don't understand why our siblings are struggling in life and, and, and why they just can't get it together. And it's because they paved the way in terms of the hardships that they went through so that, you know, the younger siblings didn't really have to, to go through that. And, and I think you, that's a really interesting point that you raised. And so do you think that that was it for you and for your siblings? Like you think that they had it so rough and that it just kind of helped you kind of figure things out because they 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 kind of felt the brunt of the discrimination and just the the, the change and everything that came with moving to a new country. Well, I, I, absolutely right. So so I didn't know what a role model was. Right, that word didn't exist in my neighborhood. You know, that word <laughs> didn't exist in my home. You know, I, I didn't know what that was till later on in, in life. But I was watching my role models. Okay, there were my role models. There were the right. people, but not in a way that I wanted to imitate. I didn't want to be like, okay, so they became the example of all the things that I didn't want to do, because I thought that was not working for them, okay, including my parents, and I said that with a lot of love and respect, okay, but today I have a responsibility to pave the way for others, not for me, for my parents and for future generations. I already figure out the way to become successful. I already figure out the way to innovate, to change, to evolve, and to be better and to do better. Now I have a commitment and obligation to pave the way for other generations to not have it as difficult as I have. It's a responsibility that I take very serious. And I do that for I do that because in that way I'm answering my mother's prayer. Oh. I'm answering my father's hard work. Okay, I'm, I, I, I am doing them justice for all that pain and hard work they did for me and that I could not show that level of appreciation today I show up by the way I behave, by the way I show up, by the way I show, I, I, I raise my son, Alec, and by the way I show up in my community and how I contribute. That is so good. That is so, I love that. You, you, you're, you're answering your mother's prayers. That's, that's really great. And, and, you know, I think just listening to your story, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, how did he end up being this really successful business person and philanthropist when he came from that? 
what, what, what did you do? Like, what was the energy behind it? What did you do to get to the level of like really becoming a successful entrepreneur? Danny, very early on, all I wanted to do was to get out of poverty. Okay. That was, that was my objective. Okay. And I, I, I equated success with material things. So I figured that if I made a lot of money, I, I would become successful. What I didn't realize was that making a lot of money is very easy, okay? Keeping that money is the difficult part, okay? Breaking through uh, who you are, who you want to become is a difficult part. That is where the work comes in. Because what I realized, I ran so fast from where I came from that I eventually had the house, had the car, had the business, had the social affluence, had the political affluence. I was accepted. I was edified. Okay, uh, I, I, I was I, I, I was socially uh, 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 socially uh, I was a social entity that had that, that was recognized socially politically, uh, but but I also was a broken boy that kept sabotaging my successes that led me to alcohol, that led me to women, that led me to cars, because all the insecurities, all the fears will kick in when I found myself in an environment where I didn't come from, okay? And now the vocabulary was different, the custom was different, the confidence level was different, and I was not equipped for that. I was just the scared little boy running away that made a lot of money. So I collected all the material things, but I did not collect emotional intelligence. I didn't heal the boy. Okay, so I kept think I kept taking the broken, abused, sexually abused immigrant little boy into the boardroom, into the marriage, into the relationships, into the friendships, into the partnerships, and that little boy will sabotage all of that. It was not until I recognized that 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 little boy had not been healed that I went back. I picked them up, I hugged them, and I said, "You're okay. Now you're a man. Now you're a successful." businessman, it is time for you to grow your level into, of intelligence to be paired to where you're at today. And that's where I started doing the work. That's where, that's where personal development, which I'm very, very passionate about, okay, uh, I realized uh, it, it came in. That's where, that, that's where my life changed and shifted to the person that I am today. If you don't met me 20 years ago, you would not have liked me, Danny. I was an arrogant, cocky son of a bitch that thought my shit didn't stink. Okay. okay, because that was my fear and insecurity showing up. Okay, and I thought that if I created this persona, I didn't give you an opportunity to call me a wetback, to call me broken, to call me an immigrant. Okay, to see all my broken pieces. Okay, instead of me working on my broken pieces to become whole and complete. And when you're whole and complete, you show up as who you are. You don't have to have any pretenses. You don't have to worry about what people think or don't think about you. What they think about you is none of your business. And that's where I'm at today. I mean, that's, I thank you for that transparency. I think it's really, you know, somebody who's kind of at your level in terms of what you're doing in the world to be that transparent. I think, you know, that's, I, I love that. And, and the other thing too is like, how did you get to the point of that realization that it was this like hurt little boy inside of you? How did you get to that point? Well, you know, I think, I think every phase of our lives requires a different us, right? So uh, uh, as, 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 as a student alive, as, 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 as a person that was going through life, I knew what I wanted at some point. I knew that I wanted the house and the cars and success, okay? And then I got it. 
But then I was losing things. I was losing relationships and I was losing friendships. So now I had to learn what was it about me that was sabotaging those things, okay? So my first step was going into therapy, okay? Uh, and, 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 and the therapist, but still even with the therapist, I was not fully transparent because I wanted, I only wanted to tell him what I wanted him to hear in order for <laughs> me to, you know, still look good. Right. Like I had not done that work. I had not dug deep to know that, that, that I was only fooling myself. I was not fooling the therapist. Uh, so, so it took me some time, but, but, but the, the real work started when, when, I, when I made a commitment that, that, that you know, I did it again. You know, uh, I went, I've been through five marriages, Danny. You know, it's not wow. something that we often talk about, okay? Mm-hmm. Every, relation, every relationship has taught me something different about myself, okay? Five people could not all be wrong right? Five women cannot all be broken, right? Me be the True. same, okay? So at some point, every single person in my life has shown me and taught me something. They've been my teacher, okay? And when I was ready to take the lesson, when I was ready to learn the lesson and become the student, I listened. And at some point, really my, I had had two defining points in my life. The first one was when I stopped drinking in, in, um, in uh, the year 2000, you know, I did it again, went to a Halloween party uh, after the, you know, I was inappropriate with, with my neighbor's wife during the party. And that was the day that, that next morning after I made my apologies, I did it again. The following day, told my wife what had happened, went to my therapist. My therapist said, Peter, you have one of the most acute alcohol problems that I've seen. And the bad news is that there's no cure for that. There's only abstinence and it's only found. And then this is, I'm talking 20 something years ago, right? So there was not a lot of the new science that has been discovered since, right? right. Uh, but, so the, the only solution that was offered to me at the time was, was uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know? And I was so desperate to keep what I had. I wasn't worried about changing me. I wanted to keep the wife. I wanted to keep the house. I wanted to keep the cars. Yeah. So I was willing to do whatever I had so people can still look at look at me how good I am. Okay. So, uh, well, I guess I'll go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. But the reality is that in that process of, 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 of becoming sober, I learned that I had a problem, not that I was a problem. Because for a long time, I walked around believing that I was a problem, that I was broken, that there was something wrong with me. Not that I had something wrong with me, not that I had unresolved issues, okay? So, you know, I, I, I lean in and I lean into the, into, the, into the program and I worked the program of recovery, of sobriety, not recovery yet, of sobriety, because there's a big difference and I'm gonna get into that, Danny. Good. I worked the program for two years. And then after two years, I stopped going to meetings. I got bored. I got bored. You know, I got cured. I got Here this. I Peter, yeah. Yeah. Peter Estevez did it again. You know, he, you know, he beat the shit, right? Yeah. So he, I, I, you know, I, 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 I didn't drink. But what I learned after I stopped working on myself is that I don't need alcohol to get drunk or drugs to get high. I can get drunk or high on lying, cheating, deceiving, controlling, manipulating, womanizing, whatever. Okay. You replace one addiction, one thing with the other. You is a replacement. 
exactly. Addiction is a malady of the soul, mind, and spirit. Okay. And if you don't tend to those, if you don't heal those, you are going to get drunk or high on whatever you want to get drunk high on. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I, I did work the program for about a period of eight years. And okay. as life happens in 2008, 2008 crisis, you know, the, 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 the worst economic crisis, one of the worst recessions we had had in our generation and in our, in our lifetime, my mom passes away. My wife asked me for a divorce. I'm losing my ass in business. And my father passes away six months after mother. That's a lot. That is a lot to take on. And I found myself being a single father, racing, racing a seven-year-old boy. Goodness. And for the very first time, for the very first time, I realized that I was repeating the dysfunctional psychosphere behaviors that I had inherited. It was no difference that I was in a 5,000 square foot home. It was no difference that I drove a Jaguar instead of a beat up pickup truck. I was repeating the cycle. And that the reality is that my parents were dead and gone. I could no longer blame them from what I have learned. I could no longer blame them for my current circumstances. That responsibility was upon me to make any type of changes. Mm. And I went back into recovery. I was already sober, okay? I was already sober. I had not stopped drinking. Now I needed to recover. Recovery is a process of the transformation of the mind, soul, body, and spirit. That's where the real work comes in. That is not, how do I stop drinking? That is, what is wrong with me and how do I fix myself? That's so good. That's, that's really good because people often interchange the two. So Right, right. So, 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 so there are two, but one cannot survive without the other. Okay. One cannot survive without the other. And so I started working, uh, I started working the program of Alcoholics Anonymous again, the 12 step program. But I also knew and I realized that, that just like every institution, just like the school system, just like the education system, just our government systems, every system has, has, has their own faults, has their own deficiencies. And I knew that the program of recovery was not going to give me everything that I needed. Okay, I needed to do a lot of work on myself outside that program. Okay, I needed to realize that I was a broken little boy, that I was still operating at a 10 year old mindset, at a broken mindset. I needed to elevate my emotional intelligence. I needed to get in touch with my feelings. And I literally went into Google and I typed in, how do I become a better person? And the first thing that popped up was the Mind Valley platform. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, Mind yeah, Valley. Definitely. Christina yeah. Lee County, in Christina Lee County. And one of the first speakers that I saw was Michael Beckwith. And I started listening to him and his talks and soon Lisa Nichols and Jim Quick. And he went on and on and on. And I really, as an addict, as an addict, okay, I became addicted now to personal development, to learning, to growth. So it was a good addiction, right? Yeah, that's a good so, addiction. And, and, and I discover how much I did not know. I discover how ignorant I was. I discover how broken I had been. I discover that I kept carrying my baggage with me and blaming it on everything else and all of the other circumstances. I discovered that I needed to detach myself from that old belief system that I had 
that I had carry on for many, many, many times. Okay. And just because I learned some dysfunctional behaviors at home, I didn't have to carry them on into society. I realized that I had an obligation, okay, to make sure that my son, okay, as a parent, it's an obligation to my parents that couldn't do it. And I used to blame my parents for having 13 children. Why didn't they have me? I only had one child. What was my excuse? Okay. So, you know, my parents, my circumstances became my shadow, became my mirror. And I was able to mirror into all of that. And, you know, this is good. This is bad. Discard this, discard that. Okay. And, and, and started doing some deep and profound work on myself. Uh, you said a lot there. The fact that you just went to Google and said, you know, just, you just Googled how to become better. Like, I, like there's a lot of people out there right now who saying, you know, you know, Peter's at this level and he can afford to go to therapists and all these other things. I, I don't have that kind of money. Well, let me, let me, let me stop you right there, Danny. And, 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 and you know, because when I was growing up, I didn't have any of those resources. Right. There was no Google. There was no YouTube. Okay. There was no influencers. Okay. The reality is the personal development, people like Tony Robbins, people like yourself, Danny, people like Grant Cardone, people like Evan Carmichael, people like John Asra, people like Robin Sharma, and many of the incredible great thought leaders that I had had in my podcast myself. And today I am privileged to call them my friends. We're not democratizing, monetizing, digitized. Okay, they were only available to the unique few that could afford to hear them and see them and touch them and feel them. Okay, everybody else was left in the dark. Right. We don't live in the dark ages. Okay, we have an opportunity today to have access to every source of information available to us. People can listen to your podcast, listen to this conversation, and hopefully learn something. And if not, they can listen to mine, or they can go listen to Lewis House, or they can go listen to uh, Marissa Peer, or they can go listen to Michael Beckwith. All the resources that are available today, that what I begin to do, I begin to, just like I did as a young boy, running away from my circumstances, reaching, looking for the house, looking for the car, looking for the money, okay? Those, those were my role models, okay? Now I have curated a lifestyle that allows me to be able to have to, my, to myself in my life the things that I want that are good for me, okay? The quality of good followers that are not going to teach me junk. I don't need twerking on my feed. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody that is deep and profound is going to teach me something, okay? I don't need to see a guy in a plane. I don't care. I can afford to do that if I want to, okay? I want to hear somebody that's going to take me to the next level of inspiration, transformation, change, and evolution, okay? I don't need, uh, I don't even need the material things anymore, okay? It, it's not about that. To me, is how do I grow? How do I evolve? How do I become better to be better, to do better, to serve better, Okay. And I think that we, when we are able to transform ourselves into that state of being, we are able to live a fully abundant life, period. End of story. You know, there's five simple pillars that I live by on a daily basis. Okay. And they're the core beings to my physical, mental, spiritual, financial, and emotional state of being. Okay. So when I tend to those areas, to those five pillars, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial, 
I am operating from a single state of consciousness. I am not operating from the conscious subconscious. No, I am here and I am present and I am with Danny and I'm able to have an incredible conversation and I know exactly what I want to do and I want to say because I don't have to time travel. I don't have to worry about the past or the future because they don't exist. Yes, yes. There's something about being present. And, and you know, one of the things that I'm getting from you is that like, you took ownership of your life. Like I think some people right now might be listening who are feeling kind of stuck in life and they don't know what's next. And they're looking for somebody else to fix them, somebody else to give them information. But if you're not willing to get that, if you're not willing to make the change, if you're not willing to take ownership of your life, then it doesn't matter what anybody else will say to you. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. There, There is not a book, a podcast, or a coach that can bring you the level of success or healing that you want. Everything that you need is within you. All you need to do is develop it, explore it, seek it, and bring it out to the light. That's all we need to do. Now, it's easier said than done, Danny. Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done when you are living in a state of survival. And the reality is that the 99% of the population live in a state of survival. Okay, because we have been hypnotized to believe in a certain way. So we walk around mumbling to ourselves, oh, I gotta pay the rent. Oh, I can't make the rent car payment. Oh, you know, oh fuck, my mom may die because she's sick. No, 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 no. You know, you get up in the morning, you get up in a rush, you know, you spill a coffee in your shirt, you pass a red light, you get a ticket, you get a flat tire, you get to work late. Everything is chaos. Okay. But But when you are able to tend to your five pillars, the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and financial, when you are able to give yourself to time to discover who you are, you cannot discover who you are, what you want, what you like, what you need, if you keep continually running away from yourself. Yeah. And we do that as human beings because we live in a state of survival and we don't like ourselves because we are in that state of survival. So then we surrender to it because that becomes our comfort zone, not because it's comfortable, because it's known. Mm. But if we take the time to step away, how do we do that? How do we tend to the physical, to the mental, to the emotional, um, to the spiritual? Very simple steps. You know, I get up in the morning and I have a routine. My routine is work out very first and get my endorphins, get my dopamine, okay? Get my serotonin going. Get everything I used to look for in alcohol and women and sex and power and everything, I initiated. I turn it on with working out. Mm-hmm. Then what I do after that, I pray. And what I do after that, I write my gratitude list. And what I do after that, I journal. You know, you know something so powerful when I journal, I get all that shit out of my head. I dump the trash can. I dump the dumpster. Okay, and the creativity opens up. You cannot have a good life if you have your life stored up with bad junk inside of you. Okay, you got to clear the path. You got to empty everything you have in there for the universe to be able to give you an opportunity to to have the benefit of all the good stuff that is waiting for you. You know, the universe is not does not discriminate. The universe does not say this is for Danny. This is Peter. No, everything is for everybody. Okay, you know, the universe is an equal giver, employer, it gives to everybody. We just need to go out there and take our share. And we take our share 
by being kind to ourselves. When we are kind to ourselves, we're kind to others. When we are kind to others, we are rewarded by the universe. It's just a simple law of reciprocity. That's all it is. I love it. I love it. And and, and just what you said, I, I think my morning ritual is similar to yours. You know, I, I talk about the five M's, meaning, meditation, mantra, movement, which is exercise and mindful journaling, right? Those yes. are the five M's. And I, I, I try to start my, my morning like that every day. And I think what you said is really important because how many people hit snooze 10 times? Then you jump out of bed, like you, you know, you, you go to a job that you reluctantly get up to go to a job that you really don't like, or it's just not rewarding or fulfilling. And you have, and you're doing, you're doing all of this running and you don't take time to just pause and just step back and say, like, who am I? What do I want? Let me slow down. Let me exercise. Let me just, let me just write down my thoughts, like just write down my thoughts and, and release them. And, and so you're so right. It's like, you get caught up in this this spiral and this cycle, and you never really kind of get peace and calm and clarity in your life because it's snooze, 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 jump out of bed, run to work, snooze, 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 jump out of bed, start my day on somebody else's terms, not your own. Absolutely. It's a state of survival. It's a will. It's a fair, it's a durable will. Okay. You keep going round and round in circles, never enough money, never enough time, never enough resources, never enough joy, never enough any. Okay, we put ourselves in autopilot for a state of scarcity. Okay, and but if we're able to jump from that, take care of our being, okay, by tending to the five pillars, then we see everything with clarity. Okay, then those problems that seem huge become small. Okay, you know, if you are thinking with a clouded mind, a crowded and clouded mind, you're you have no clarity to be able to make good decisions, okay? When you are able to step back with clarity, you're able to say, well, this is not as certain as I thought it was. I tend to it later. Or an idea comes to you, how you need to tend to it, okay? But when you're, you're, you're you, you know, what you, uh, you know, what you resist persists, you know, you're, 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 you're a disaster all day long. And I was like that. I talk about this because I lived it. I talked about that because that's where I came from. I talk about that because that's where that's where my 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 culture, okay, my 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 parents came from. I saw it all of my life. And even as a young kid, as a young kid, I I I would I would feel nervous. She's, I knew when my father was running out of money. I knew when the groceries were low in the house. I knew when the light was going to get cut off. Nobody needed to tell me. I could just see my dad walking through the house, turning off the lights. You know, uh, you know, I could just see that state. It is not a healthy state of living. You know, we're not living in the dark ages. We live in a, we live in a very abundant life in a very abundant universe with a very abundant God, God that has abundance for every single one of us. If we are welcome and we're ready to receive it. That's, that's great. And, and you know what I love? I love the fact that, you know, what I'm hearing you say is we all have a story and we all have a journey and we can't let the past, the, the past challenges or things that we've been through hold us there. Like we have to learn to use that as fuel. What are the lessons that you can take from that to use to move you forward? And I think I'm like you, you know, I grew up in low income housing. I was going down the wrong path and I was afraid to tell people I ended up working in the corporate world. And it was like this big secret. <laughs> I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want anybody to know about anything that happened in the past. And I almost felt like I was uh, I didn't belong there. I felt like I was scamming them, even though I wasn't. You know, my resume was my resume. 
And so I had to, like you, evolve into like owning it because somebody needed to hear it. And I think that's really important what you're doing because there's people right now who are afraid of their past or embarrassed or, um, you know, they or, or, or still stuck there and they don't want to share those things. So they don't want they don't want anyone to know. So what would you say to someone like that? And Danny, the reality is that it's okay to feel like that. It's okay to feel like that. It's okay not to be too ashamed of that. You know, my story, your story, they're not unique. My story is a story of many. And I don't share my story because it's unique. I share my story in service. I know that when people hear my story, I give them an opportunity to have their voice, to share their story, to open up and to identify. Okay, to be able to say, yeah, I went to that. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. So I give them permission to share their story every time I share my story. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the, the, the reality is that, that, that I have an obligation to share my story in order to empower others. Okay, it's, it's not, you know, I felt exactly how you said, I felt like an imposter for a very long time. The reality is that I only felt like an imposter because. I was an imposter where I was, not where I was going. Okay. Yeah. And because I was not doing the work to get to where I was going. Okay. The minute, the minute that I did the work, okay, I felt well because I have done the work, because I had shed the tears, because I had shed the fear, the shame, because I have become okay, whole and complete. I was not broken. Okay. I just was not whole and complete. I was only utilizing, I had only discovered certain parts about myself. But when I discover all of myself by doing the work, I feel no imposter syndrome. I feel no fears. I feel no insecurities. Now, don't get me wrong. They still come in every once in a while, but I know how to deal with them. I know that I, I have, have, you know, I have a brain. I'm not a brain. I know that I have thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. And there's many a times that I am in an interview with somebody that is highly intelligent, that is, uh, that is above my pay, uh, my pay level, and the insecurity comes in, and, 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 I, and I say to myself, hey, you know, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to teach. Yes. Okay? I'm here to learn. I'm not here to teach. This is not about my ego. This is about serving. Okay? Well, before I would let my ego run the show. Okay? And when my ego runs the show, it destructs everything. <laughs> You know, you mentioned the podcast, and and I love that because you just talked about you've had all of these amazing people, John Asaraf, Tim Story, Marissa Pierce, so many amazing people on your podcast, um, the Coming Clean podcast, but you changed that to the Peter O. Estevez podcast. Uh, So first of all, before we talk, why did you change the name? Well, you you know, I just I just. I alluded to that a a minute ago, and, and, and maybe you didn't pick up on it, but but. The fact is that, you know, when I started the podcast, I started the podcast to spread the message about recovery, addiction, and mental health. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and I really wanted to give those areas a voice. I wanted to be able to talk about things that, that were not prevalent or mainstream in our society. People, were, there were taboos to talk about, particularly in our cultures, in the African-American culture, in, in Latino culture. We don't Definitely. want that okay somebody can be a drunk and said leave it alone he's okay he's sad he's depressed right. no 
fucking drunk. That's right. Okay? We never and we never called him what they are. Yeah, he just yeah. he just likes to drink. Yeah, yeah. He has an issue. He has a problem. He's screaming for help. That's why he's destructive. That's why he beats up his wife. That's why he doesn't show up at work. He is screaming for help. We don't know how to address those mental uh, men- mental health issues or brain health issues. And, and I wanted to give that a voice. Okay, but at, you know, uh, it's every phase of my life. Re- requires a different me, uh, uh, Danny. I need to show up as a new me. I'm not the same Peter Estevez that you met eight months ago or three years ago or five years ago or five minutes ago or 10 minutes ago when we started the conversation. I already learned from you, okay? I already have something new in my repertoire that I can use. So I have changed and evolved. And I want to make sure that as human beings, we have that responsibility. You know, we are, we are receiving... <laughs> over 50,000 sound bites of information per day ourselves every single day. We receive more information in a week's time through social media, through uh, uh, networks, to radio, television, newspaper, whatever you want to call it, in one week than our parents and grandparents received in their entire lifetime. That's amazing. So with that type of information, it requires for us to be at our toes you know, to be on our toes and to be and, and to change and to evolve. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't put myself in a rabbit hole. I didn't put myself in a box, not to just be able to talk about, you know, coming clean was about coming clean with addiction, recovery, mental health issues. Okay. The Peter O. Estevez show is more broad. You know, I am on a mission to serve 100 million people by December 31st, 2028. The only way that I can do that is by being able to explore expose myself to a broader audience. The only way that I can expose myself to a broader audience is if I'm able to bring wider selection of guests, okay, on a variety of topics, not just in one particular um, uh, area, okay? And the reality is that we, uh, you know, as a leader, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to change, to pivot, to evolve, to adapt, and to make an impact to my community. I cannot represent my community if I stay with the same topics, if I bring the same subjects, you know? And I felt that 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 during COVID, it was one of my major pivots. You know, I went from, 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 from not talking about, uh, about just recovery to bringing thought leaders that could be mainstream and support our communities. That's a responsibility I have as a father, okay? To myself and to my community. So by doing that, I changed the name of the show, the name of the podcast to the Peter Oestevi show. And you going, you know, and part of the, of the things that we are doing is, you know, we, we're not just bringing out leaders, but we're bringing celebrities. We're making people that are impacting the world, that are making a difference, that are changing. You know, there's so many great stories out there uh, that, you know, you take somebody like, 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 uh, gosh, it, 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 it even in, in, in the African, just to compare in the African, in, in the African uh, American community, if you take stories like Oprah's, right? Those stories, you, you know, they have, they're not hurt by the millennial, by Jay-Z or they don't know. They just know that she's a rich woman. That's that, right. You know, but they don't really know where she came from. No. Okay. Now let's identify the Oprah of today. Let's identify the six-year-old Oprah, the 12-year-old Oprah, the 18-year-old Oprah, the 24-year-old Oprah. Peter, okay, this 10-year-old Peter that was broken, broken, okay, that has been able to break through, okay, that's what we need to do, and if I can expand my platform to do that, 
And I'm doing that with several projects, including one that I'm working with Tim Story called Excelente. And yeah. that is we are actually identifying thought leaders in the Latin community that we identify, inspire, educate, and transfer to go back to their community and make an impact. Because the reality is that when I Google, how do I become a better person? I didn't see somebody that spoke like me, that looked like me, that sounded like me. I saw Vishen Likiani. I saw John Maxwell. I saw Grant Cardone. I saw uh, Gary Vee. I saw Michael Beckwith. But I didn't see a Peter Estevez. I didn't see somebody with a Latino name and Latino culture. Okay? Yeah. So there is a disconnect there. There is a disconnect. The Jay Zers, the millennials, they're able to see these people. And although uh, personal development and emotional development has been democratized, digitized, and demonetized, and is available to the masses, there's still a cultural barrier where, kind of like when I came to America, you know, I was there, but I was not really American and I was no longer Mexican. I was in limbo. Okay. Well, there's an identity crisis with many of us. We, don't know what we are, who we are, or what we want to become. And sometimes we need that mentor to help us do the crossover, not to carry us, not to carry us, but to lead us and to help us make the crossover. Okay. Just like my father brought me across the river. Now I'm on the other side, my friend. Okay. America's mine. <laughs> I love that. I love it. It's almost like an evolution. You know, I often say progress equals belief, right? You yeah. know, there's this big lie out there that oh, all you got to do is believe in yourself. Like, you know, people sell you on the American dream or whatever. You just got to believe in yourself to make it happen. Well, that's not how can you believe in yourself when you're like you said, you're in this spiral. You're just trying to survive. And so I always look at it like progress equals belief. Like once you first take that first step to do something different and then once you once you start to make that step, whatever it is, like you said, whether it's exercising, journaling, you know, um, starting a little side business, doing something that you've never done. And then as you start to progress, like you use Oprah for an example, when Oprah was back first starting out her career and they didn't want to see her black face on local news. Do you think that that Oprah knew for sure that she was going to own a network? It's, it's through progress, right? Yeah. And, and so that's what I love about your podcast, because I love what you just said. It's about evolving. And even in your own journey, you realize that okay, there's, there's the piece that the work that we have to do around sobriety and all that, but then there's an evolution. And usually there's a lot of self-work that, that has to be done and healing and forgiveness. And so I like the, the way that you kind of evolved your podcast to kind of just be more broad, to give people the tools and the resources that they need by bringing in people that we know, right? People we've heard about, celebrities, thought leaders, and so I love the I love the evolution. I like the way that you explain that. Well, and 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 to that point, Danny, just to expand on it a little bit more, Grant Cardone has done that in, in an incredible way. He does it with 10x conferences, right? He brings his, you know, he he uh, Floyd Mayweather, and he'll have <laughs> Stallone, and he'll have John Travolta, and he'll have you know uh, Tim Story. So he'll have a slew of celebrities, okay? But the main show is Grant Cardone, right? So why can't I not have the 20x? of the Latin community. Yeah. Okay. Where my people can identify to that and say, yeah, I, I, I identify in living in a two bedroom, one bath home with 13 children. I identify with being sexually abused. I identify, I identify with having an alcohol addiction problem. I identify with my parents being broken, broken. 
I identify with being ashamed with a broken car and wanted me drop off a couple of blocks from school because I didn't want my friends to make fun of my dad's beat up truck. I identify with all of that. You know, the reality is that we have put a whole bunch of taboos, okay, into topics of conversation that need to be mainstream, that there's no reason for them to be ashamed because they keep us shamed. Mm. They keep us in fear. They keep us in shame. They keep us unworthy. Okay. When we bring it out, we remove the power of that. I don't care if you call me Peter or Pedro. Okay. (laughs) I still have a podcast. I still have a show. I still have the only privately owned refiner in Mexico. I still am who I am. Okay. So I don't, I am not ashamed, but there was a period of time and it took me many, many years in order for me to be able to say that comfortably. Yeah, me too. People don't have to travel that journey. People don't have to wait a hundred years. This is not crisis there where we carry the cross. No, I can guarantee you even God at some point dumped that cross started running. Otherwise you couldn't build a university bill for us. Right. That man, this is so, this is such a powerful conversation. I, I just love what, what you're saying here. And, and, and even that, the, 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 the and I lag- say that I, don't want, I didn't mean to offend anybody by saying that about Christ. I just want to use a, a metaphor for people to understand. No, I, I, got, I got what you were saying for sure. So, so why do you think that there hasn't been like a, a Latinx conference like this? Like there's been, you know, why? What do you think is the reason well, that it hasn't existed? It doesn't exist. Well, Number one, because nobody has stepped up to the plate until now. OK, that's number one reason. Number two is because. People have not seen the African-American community or the Latino community as a consumer community, okay? Unfortunately, what most people don't realize is that the Latino community is a fast and growing community in the United States, okay? There is a, 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 a Latino turning 18 years old every minute of the day, okay? So the numbers are astonishing, okay? It's the largest consuming, consuming population, okay? And they they... They, like we are tired of our government, okay? Like we are tired of many institutions that, 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 that have kept us prisoners, okay? Our culture, the Latino culture, okay? Our belief systems, our religion, the Catholic system, and many other institutions have kept us prisoners of a belief system that does not work, okay? We have seen our parents and our grandparents and our grandparents being broken, broken. We don't want any more of that. We want an opportunity to be able to have access to all the information, to all the wealth. To the, we want opportunity. We don't want a seat at the table, okay? We, we want to get through the door, okay? Mm. When we get to the fucking door, we'll build the table and the chair and everything else we need. That's we right. just want to get through the door, okay? We don't want to hand down, okay? We don't want to be a wannabe. We want to be me, mm. Okay. We want to be able to have an opportunity to show up and just show up and do our work and be seen, okay? And when we are seen, we will do our part, just like I did. Once I was seen, I did my part. Once I was able to know that I had an opportunity and I needed to do what I needed to do, I went out and learned how to do it, okay? And I want to be, I don't want people to wait. I don't want my community, okay? I don't want uh, um, the little 10-year-old Peter out there waiting, okay, uh, trying to figure out being in a state of disarray and disaster and fear and insecurity and imposter syndrome, there's no need for all that. Okay, there's a power in information and we can give them access to that information. We can make it readily available and affordable to them. Why do we need to wait 
to transport generations? Why do we need to wait to educate people? The, the truest form of freedom is financial freedom and education, okay? And everybody deserves that. Uh, this conference sounds like it's going to be amazing. You know, yourself and Tim's story, it looks like it's going to be phenomenal. When is that? Uh, our first, we actually, we've broken that into three series and we have two free series that are on live and on in person. And that's November 13th is the first one, November 13th. Uh, and if you go to excellenteevent.com, uh, that would be, a, 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 the link is there to sign up for free. The event is completely, completely free. So we have two free events, which is uh, November uh, November 13, and then we have a follow-up event that's January 15, and then we have a main event, okay, which is going to be February 24, 25, and 26, 2022. I think that's amazing. And is it true that you you met Tim Story on uh, Clubhouse? Absolutely, that- absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I did meet Tim Story in Clubhouse, and and uh, and I have met a lot of people in Clubhouse. I am, uh, y- you know, uh, this is this is a true story, Danny. There's a lot of times that somebody that I invite somebody to the podcast, and I and I'll ask them uh, uh, if they want to do it in person. They, they could be in California, okay? And they say, yeah. Uh, I say, okay, can we set up a time of date, okay? And uh, and I'll and I'll show up with my crew. So I have traveled many of times, okay, because that how, that's how important it is for me to be able to get my message out there to my community. The people know that I am committed to bringing thought leaders that are going to bring value to their homes, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 you know, I met Tim Story in Clubhouse. We started talking. We had a private conversation offline, and then I flew to meet him at his house and we recorded the podcast at his house. And I've done the same thing with John Asaroff. I've done the same thing with Dan Fleshman. I've done the same thing with many other incredible thought leaders. And I will continue to do that in order to bring value to my community. That's an amazing commitment, you know, from you and, and the people that you work with to, to go to them and, and to get that information to your community. You know, a lot of people wouldn't do that. So that's, I think that's what makes you stand out. I see the reaction you know, to people when you're speaking on Clubhouse and on your social media and people really relate to you, like they can really, there's a connection there just by what they say. And and I, and I see why I see because you're real, you're honest, you're transparent, you, you know, there's no fluff with you. And I really, I really see that. And I like that. And I appreciate that in you because a lot of people at your level wouldn't be that transparent and they're not, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people who you know, our thought leaders, even even some of our own thought leaders aren't that transparent, <laughs> you know, they'll come and tell you, you know, the, the, the things that they need to tell you, but they're not going to be as transparent as you. And um, so I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I also know what's going on with uh, with your book from lies to to riches. <laughs> we, we're actually releasing my book at the event, November 13. We're going to release it there. OK, okay. Uh, my book is a basically uh, it's, it's 13 steps, okay? In recovery, there's 12 steps. There's a 12-step program, okay? So the title, uh, the title From Lies to Riches, uh, uh, to me, I lived a state of lies all of my life. And when I discovered the freedom of who I am, my life became rich, okay? Mm. Uh, and it was not in a sense of wealth. It was in a sense of, of, I was able to see the world. I was able to see the trees. It was... It, you know, even when I was growing to my process of success, material success, I still lived in a state of survival. 
okay? Like my parents did. I was just grinding and working hard, whoring, whoring, like, like with, the, with, 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 with a scarcity mentality, okay? But I was not enjoying life because the free time I spent drinking and hiding and running from myself because I didn't like who I was, okay? And the time that it was to be productive was to create and amass wealth and amass money, okay? So I was a miserable individual. I was still living in a state of survival. Okay. So, you know, when I was able to enter that state from sobriety to recovery, to transformation, okay, to be able, okay, you cannot be transformed if you're not inspired and if you're not educated. Okay. And I was inspired, educated, and then I was transformed. Mm -hmm. So that process gave me an opportunity to, to see the richness of the world, to see the richness of life, to see the richness of the universe to see that everything my parents had done for me and for my siblings, okay, I had an obligation to expand and not to do for others. I'm excited for the book. I just, 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 just what you explained, I think in your whole journey, I think a lot of people are going to see themselves in your story. And I think a lot of people are really going to resonate with that. So we can't wait for that book to come out. <laughs> uh, I got two, two final questions for you, uh, Peter, that I asked all my guests. And you've kind of alluded to some of this already. But what does grind mean to you? Oh, boy. You know, I've been grinding all my life. Okay? <laughs> I've been grinding all my life. And, 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 but the grind for me has evolved, right? First, it was, it, it was working. Okay. And there was a, uh, there, there, there was a, it's been, it's been like multiple process. Okay. Grind was running away from where I came from, entering a state of reaching material wealth. Okay. And then accomplishing that and then grinding to become a better soul, to become a better human being, to become a better member of society, to be able to do and to give back to others. What was so freely given to me? Oh, I love that. And, you know, the last question I have is, what does gratitude mean to you? Gratitude is in a state of being present each and every single day and being able to appreciate the little that you have and the abundance that's available for you in the universe. Oh, man, that's so good. Peter, man, this has been, uh, this is a masterclass that you, we just did here. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to this, you know, 10 times. And, and I'm sure, you know, all of the listeners who are listening right now, I'm sure you, you, you've been making lots of notes and you're probably going to go back and listen to it five or six times yourself. So Peter, let people know where they can find you, um, where they can connect with you, what you have com coming up. Uh, first of all, Danny, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for the work that you do. You know, I see you on social media every single day. I see you're grinding every single day. And I see that you're doing for your community what I do for mine. And I, 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 I truly appreciate the work that you do and it does not go unseen. And if there's anything that I can do to help you, to serve you, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm available. But for your community, I'm available in social media, throughout social media. By my name, my handle is Peter O. Estevez. Uh, of course, now I have the Peter O. Estevez show handle. Uh, I also have uh, the um, excellenteevent.com, which is coming up. Okay. Uh, there's the peteroestevezshow.com, peteroestevez.com uh, for those people that, that want to look at my, 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 uh, my web, web pages. But I'm all over social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on I'm on um, TikTok. I'm on Pinterest. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on LinkedIn. 
you know, I, I have a commitment and a deep, profound passion to serve 100 million people by December 31st, 2028. And I cannot do that if I'm hiding. I have to be present and available and seen. And you are everywhere. So make sure that you're following Peter. Make sure that you go and you check out uh, Excellente.com, the uh, ExcellenteEvent.com. All this stuff will be in the show notes so you can easily access all of his information. Peter, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for your time. You're very gracious. I appreciate it, my brother. Danny, thank you so much. All right. Take care, everybody. I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks so much for being my co-host on this episode of the Grind and Gratitude Show. I really appreciate you. I hope that you learned something and you're motivated to take action and get on your grind. Didn't that go by fast? If you want more, head over to grindandgratitude.com for show notes and more information about this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a rating so more people will tune in. And let me say this. There's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it.